Welcome to One Life, where we live in faith every day and we talk about everything that pertains to life. It is your girl, Cece Eccles. Thank you guys so much for joining us on today. We are a proud Christ-centered podcast. Go ahead, hit the notification bell. That notification bell is going to let you know every single time that we are on air Go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Y'all, I want to, first of all, let me say this. Thanks to everyone who have been doing your homework assignment. It is important that I just don't want to have a good show. I've said this over and over and over again. And I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate all of you guys listening. And God is just good. You know what I'm saying? And The scripture that the Lord gave me when we first started the show last year was James 2.18. Show me your faith without works, and I'm going to show you my faith by my works. And it's important that we put the work in because it's one thing to have a good show, but it's another thing to have an effective show. And that is our goal. That has always been our goal day one. So guys, till Jesus come, we're going to be shedding, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to our family. We're going to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to our friends, to the whosoever wills, whoever going to listen. We're going to, we're going to talk about our experience with Jesus. I remember when I was younger, when I first accepted Christ into my heart, I was so bold. I was very, very, very bold. I worked at the bank and we organized um, where we every pay period, which was the 15th and the end of the month. We would feed the homeless. We would witness. We would have um, tracks. I don't even know if they still um, um, sell the tracks, but we would share our faith with strangers. And I look back over my life. And I wonder what happened, what happened to me sharing Christ with other people? I love him with my whole heart. But I think that as we go through life, we become silenced, silenced when it comes to sharing our faith. And I just want to ask you guys and challenge you guys. Every, every single day, if not every day, at least once a week, at least once a week, share your faith. Okay. Share your faith. And I'm going to tell you something. When I was witness to, when someone introduced me to Christ, I didn't know I was so thirsty. (laughs) I didn't realize how much I needed Jesus in my heart. I didn't realize it, you know, because we can be going through life thinking we live in life but you don't start living life until you till you come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ now I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm done for now <laughs> I'm done for now okay want to say congratulations to Donnie McClurkin and Troy Taylor they are the winners of the 2022 BMI Trailblazers Award of Gospel Music and they won um, Song of the Year for Speak to Me. 
So congratulations to Donnie McClurkin and Mr. Troy Taylor. Also, if you know anybody or if you yourself can dance, I'm talking about like really, really, really dance, then Alvin Ailey, American Dance Theater, is going to be holding audition. It's going to be video auditions for their Alvin Ailey School Summer Intern Program. Now, you have to be between the ages of 12 to 25 to apply. So if you think you can dance, if you know you can dance, if that's your gift and your talent, then go ahead and check them out because you just never know. Uh, I think that they've extended the auditions through April the 15th. So Google it and find out where you can get more information regarding that. Now, a couple of years ago, I had the pleasure of going to the movies and I saw a movie called The Passion for Christ and that movie changed my life um and I read somewhere where the actor who played Jesus he was struck by lightning he lost 45 pounds he was accidentally whipped twice and because he was whipped It left a 14-inch scar on him. His shoulder was dislocated. He suffered pneumonia. He had stress so bad that he had to have two open-heart surgeries after the production. Now, this is just a reenactment of the life of Jesus Christ. This wasn't the actual life. This was just a reenactment. And this actor endured all of these different things and it was so amazing because they actually showed footage and they actually were interviewing the cast and they were saying it was so many different things that was going on and and I I truly believe you know man oh my goodness but anywho all these different things that this young actor endured when he was filming the passion of Christ. Now, Jesus endured much more. I mean, he endured so much more. And he did it for me. And he also did it for you. And I want to challenge you guys. You know, Resurrection Sunday is April the 17th. If you've never seen the movie, The Passion for Christ, or if you want to see that movie again, please do. I challenge you to sit down with your family and look at the movie, The Passion for Christ, because it's about the life, the death and the burial of and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Mel Gibson did a phenomenal job um, directing that movie. He really did a great job. So that's going to be something to think about, guys, no matter what you're doing this week. Be sure to share your faith. The word of God says they shall know we are Christians by our love. It doesn't mean that we're perfect by no means. God knows I'm not perfect, but I know that I have a perfect love towards God and he has a perfect love towards me. All right. Okay. When we come back, I can't wait to tell you what we're going to be talking about. We got a very special guest. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Back in a moment.
Did you know you can now hear us in the UK? That's right. We can be heard on BMC Radio and BMC Podcasts. Don't worry. You can still hear us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. We are your digital family. So no matter how you choose to listen, just tune in and watch your life change. You're listening to the One Life Podcast Show with Cece Eccles, the show where Jesus Christ is Lord and is always welcome. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. And we are back. Today, I wanted to do a special show about mental health. And we have a very, very special guest here with us that I am so excited to. I cannot wait to you guys um, take a listen to her testimony. She serves as the center manager at New Life Community Ministries. She holds a master's of medical science in physician assistant studies, a master of biblical counseling, and is a candidate for doctoral of ministry in May 2023 at Lutheran Rice College and Seminary. She resides in Ellenwood, Georgia, and is happily married to Vincent Botts for the last 15 years. And together they have four children, a daughter and son in love and three grandchildren. Please join me in welcoming our very special guest, Minister Sabrina Botts. Welcome, hey, welcome, 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 welcome. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be able to be here to spend some time with you guys and sharing a little bit of my story and, you know, just giving God the glory for what he's done in my life. So, amen. Awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations. You're going to be a candidate to receive your doctorate's degree. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. I was that, wishing it would happen this May, but we got to push it back a little bit. So That's okay. Look, honey, it's still coming. As long as we get here, it's still coming, which is a blessing. Amen. Now, I want to do a show, you know, with COVID-19 and mm-hmm. with suicide. People are committing suicide, to me, at an alarming rate. Right. Uh, I wanted to do a show on mental health. Mm-hmm. And I am so happy. I think I heard you speak on this past Sunday on mental health. Mm-hmm. And I had been praying. I said, Lord, I really want to get the right person, you know, yeah, so that right. we can actually talk about it. And when you spoke on it Sunday, I said, that's the one. That Amen. is the one. Glory to God. <laughs> so what exactly is mental health? Because the purpose of the show for today, I want to break down some myths and we need to just have a conversation about mental health so that people can be comfortable with their mental wellness. So okay. what exactly is mental health? And have you yourself ever experienced any type of mental challenges? Indeed, I have. Amen. I wanted to um, share, you know, there's a good definition that the World Health Organization gives for mental health, or I like to say mental wellness. And, mm-hmm. and they define it as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes their own abilities, they can cope with normal stresses of life, can work, 
productively or as we say in the faith community, fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to their community. And mm. I think if I, if I were to summarize it, I, I think it, it, it involves like self-esteem, it involves resiliency to be able to respond to the challenges, you know, normal stressors, normal ebbs and flows of, of life. And, and be able to do it, still be able to live your life despite the challenges that often happen. Wow. And have I had um, any challenges in this area? Well, yes, I have. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I am, um, I think I'm finally at a point where I can own, you know, own that, that issue in my life. I first, um, when I look back, I think I first started showing signs of depression when I was a mid-teen like maybe 14 or 15 and I would have described it then as just being overwhelmed mm -hmm. so much so that it it affected my mood so that I was not happy and joyful but it was also adolescence and you know that during that time your emotions are all over the place anyway exactly. but I um most people who know me they say I'm the nicest person in the world but when I was 14 15 I would have anger outbursts like just all of a sudden but if I think back to what I was feeling at that time in my life it was I would have described it as being overwhelmed mm. I next noticed it um when I was in college maybe a sophomore and um there was a young a woman who was discipling me I was blessed to be involved in a ministry called Campus Crusade for Christ mm -hmm. where I was you know taught many wonderful things about my faith and there's a lady um that spent time with me. She covenanted with me and we would meet together once a week. In fact, we still do that to this day. We meet every Monday and pray. So that's <laughs> all awesome. these years later. But she was the first one that noticed it. And she asked, you know, she would just ask me, am I okay? And I would have mm. described it then as just sort of this sadness that seemed to come, just kind of descend on me. Um, mm -hmm. And at that time, actually, it was associated with a relationship, which was the same relationship that it manifested throughout all my 20s and most gotcha. of my 30s, the, the young man that I eventually married. But it just got to where um, I didn't have so much trouble with anxiety at that time, but just the depression, the sadness that would come as a like as a reaction to things I couldn't control or to mm -hmm. me, I just had a deep need for certain things and when they didn't happen my response would be sadness okay, okay. and then um you know we, we eventually got married a little before i got out of college and the first few years were wonderful and then you know the inevitable things that set in with marriages it just sort of I don't know, it took the life out of me. Like mm -hmm. I I wanted so much to come from that relationship. And then when it didn't happen, that, that sadness and disappointment would set in again. And mm -hmm. it seemed to be associated with my self-esteem, you know, my worthiness, you know, a fear of failure. And so because that marriage was coming apart, you know, it was not what I imagined it to be. Eventually our, you know, relationship deteriorated and I internalized all of it. And it just, yeah, it colored my world, um, as I shared in church for about 20 years, the, the failure of that marriage and the way I processed that. I wore that um, like a scarlet D, you know, once we got divorced, it was like a, 
a tag that I wore and I, I felt shame, I felt condemnation mm-hmm. and just extreme sadness and the inability really to cope. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you did you seek help for your depression or did you just kind of cope with it on your own or? Yeah, I coped with it on my own. In fact, I didn't know what it was. Um, I had had my second son and um, during that pregnancy, I started to really be be depressed. But there were some things going on in our relationship as well. And I can remember like going to sleep at night and I would pray that God would take my life while I slept. Like mm-hmm. I would literally wake up the next morning angry that I had lived through the night. And I, and I couldn't couldn't eat. I would lay awake at night just looking at the ceiling. You know, just with the feelings and the helplessness that I felt in trying to save that relationship. I didn't know what it was. I, I lost about 20 pounds. And we were living um, in northeast, um, the northeast of the country. And when I came home, I remember everybody like, what in the world has happened to you? And I'm literally like, what are you talking about? Like, I literally, <laughs> I literally was just in a state of mind that I, I didn't recognize what was happening to me. Wow. I appreciate your transparency mm-hmm. because in certain communities, you just don't talk about mental health, you know, and it's something sometimes that people are ashamed. Sometimes people mm-hmm. just don't know how to start the conversation right. and who right. to start the conversation with. You know, why do you feel that mental health um, conversations, we don't have more of them in our community? Well, I think it is a stigma. Um, you know, it, like like has been said to me, you're just weak minded. You know, mm. that if, if you can't control your emotions or your, your mental health, then there's something wrong with you. You know, so you're just a flawed person. You're a weak person. Um, and it's something to be ashamed of. You definitely don't talk about it because why would you put your weaknesses out there? And I think, you know, being a Christian and being in the church, there's like an added la- layer of shame when you hear people preaching that depression is sin, you know, because it's faithlessness or it's not having joy. Right. And right. so I think, you know, just like many other things that people struggle with in the in the church, you don't want to say anything because it makes you look less than a Christian or you're going to be condemned um, for for experiencing that. So it adds another layer of shame and condemnation as well. Right, right. What are some of the, um, because like I said, with COVID and with um, so many different things that's going on, you got gas prices, just everyday things that people mm-hmm. are dealing with. What are some of the um, telltale signs that a person may want to seek counsel or a therapist or just someone that they could talk to? Because sometimes you go through, like you just shared, you go through so many different emotions. And if it was going through some things in your relationship, then a lot of people may feel like, you know, well, that's understandable. But if it's prolonged, you know, a person seek you know, maybe when I need to talk to someone, you know, in confidence, because sometimes, you know, you don't know who to talk to. You don't know Man. who to talk to confidence, even in the church. Even maybe especially <laughs> in the church. Especially <laughs> in the church. Because some people would be like, okay, we're gonna pray for Sister Cece because yep. she did blah 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 yeah. blah blah. <laughs> I don't need to tell it, just pray for me. <laughs> well, I think I that um you know, you hit on a few of those things. I first want to say that everybody 
as a normal reaction to stuff in life feels sadness, depression, anxiety, fear, anger, shame. Like that's a normal res- response to stressors in in the world. And there's nothing wrong with you or abnormal if you experience those. God gave us our emotions and they should ebb and flow because life ebbs and flows. I think mm-hmm. when you know something's wrong is when it's prolonged or protracted or you feel yourself a term that I use is stepping around it. That you're having to step around this thing. Mm. So there are places that you're not going to accept that invitation because yeah, once again you you're feeling sad or you're, you're too anxious to to drive to the store, mm-hmm. you know, with with a normal traffic pattern. So when you find yourself having a step around it like it's pushing into your life and you're not able to do regular things or things that most normal healthy people do or even things that you used to do that you feel like you can no longer do. I think that's a a good sign. And then of course there are classic symptoms of depression, you know, sadness and then they have a, a test that's called a PHQ-9 and you can find them online if anybody's out there googling. You can actually go on and assess yourself. And it asks you stuff like how many days a week are you feeling sad, depressed or have little interest or pleasure in doing stuff, having trouble sleeping or sleeping a lot, having trouble with your appetite or or overeating. So there are tests that you can take that those are those classic symptoms of depression. And for years, I thought that I was what's called dysthymic, where I wasn't really depressed, but I wasn't really happy. So I would describe myself as I was just on the surface. And so Mm -hmm. if something would happen, then it pushes me under. But I felt like most days I was functioning. Got it. Got it. And I'm sure a lot of us are feeling, you know, probably that way, you know, um, I, I was sitting here as you was talking, I was thinking about the um, Olympic gold medalist, Simone Biles, and how mm-hmm. she stepped down, you know, yeah. and it took courage to do that. Mm-hmm. It took her to step down to be intentional about having self-care. Yeah. What are some ways that we can be intentional about making sure we have self-care? Mm-hmm. I I thought about this a lot because I know we talked about what questions for me to ponder. Mm -hmm. And and to me, intentionality and priorities go the same, go together. Mm -hmm. So things can't be a priority if you're not intentional about them. And we should be intentional about our priorities. And so I thought about, you know, in most of our lives, things that matter to us, they're on our schedule and or they're in our budget yes yes (laughs) so that's what i think is is necessary that if you're going to be intentional about your self-care or your mental wellness that it has to be scheduled you know most of us are super busy and i don't necessarily mean that at six o'clock i'm going to get a massage but you might need to at six o'clock i'm going to get a massage right right but what i really mean is that you got to prioritize it like mm-hmm. when we talked about you know getting together for this show i'm like well friday nights is is date night mm-hmm. and i can't tell my husband that he matters to me and not mark out that time you see right. what i'm saying but, right. but i know it can feel kind of selfish sometimes particularly for those of us that are women because we are socialized to sacrifice for our loved ones we generally are rewarded for putting ourselves last. You know, we're we're we we're trained to feel good about the sacrifices that we make because that's how we show love. 
And I think it is, you know, it, it, it can be challenging for a lot of us women, particularly if we've been in the church for a while. And I'm in my 50s, so I, you know, I was born in the 60s, and so I was very much taught that that's the model, that a good wife, a good mom sacrifices for her husband, for her kids, for her family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you have to, you know, put it on your schedule. You got to mark out time, whether it is going to get a massage or if it's just going to walk or if it's an exercise or if it's getting your hair done or your nails done, you should be prioritized on your schedule and also in your budget. Like I have this running joke that for the bots family, Sabrina's mental health is in the budget. We pay our tithes, we pay our mortgage, and we pay that copay. Like, <laughs> because it's essential. essential. It's definitely me walking in victory over this thing in my life. So it's in the budget. I love it. I, I love it. I, I love it for so many different reasons. <laughs> and therapy and counseling it's always a good way to navigate through tough mm-hmm. situations and through mm-hmm. um, to, through crisis. Um, yeah. One of the things that um, all therapists are not cre- created equal, let me say this. And I want to say it's very important that you make sure that you have the right therapist because some therapists can make things a little bit worse. So you want to interview the person and I'm saying interview because you want to enter vision of who you're going to be really um, exposing your heart and your life and a lot of vulnerabilities to. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you interview that, that therapist or counselor and make sure that it's a good fit for you. What are some of the things that a person should look for and seeking out a good counselor or a good therapist? That's a good good question. I know for me, and I've been in counseling off and on since probably, I went to PA school in the 90s. So maybe 95 is when I first started going, now that I didn't need to go before then. (laughs) But um, so I've been off and on over the years. I'm currently working through, you know, some childhood stuff now. And um, so I, you know, like I'll go for a season, that thing resolves. And then maybe something else will come up. So I think it is important to, to for me, Christian counseling is is the first mm-hmm. thing I look for, and not because um, not because secular therapists are not skilled, but I don't want to approach any kind of healing or wholeness that God is not involved in. Love it because I believe that ultimately He's the healer, and I mm-hmm. and I'll share this. I used to um, believe when I first started. When I first realized that I could be free, I believed that that mean that God was going to deliver me from depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every time that it would come back, I would feel even more defeated because I felt like, well, God, I've seen in your word that I can be free. Jesus came to set the captives free. He tells right. us in Galatians 5 and 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So Mm -hmm. do not allow yourself to be enslaved again with a yoke of bondage. And Mm -hmm. when I first began to get get a hold of this teaching through a Bible study called Breaking Free through Beth Moore, I was I was it was revolutionary because up until that point, I believed that because this stuff ran in my family, that that's just the way I was going to be like, that's how they are. It's just it's like some people have hypertension running your family It's Mm -hmm. just what's going to happen. And so when the Lord began to show me that I could walk in freedom, it was like air to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I rec- I became to recognize that for me, it was going to be a, a journey. It, it wasn't, 
something that I was going to be miraculously delivered from. And so for years, I was perpetually disappointed every time the symptoms would come back. And it would just discourage me so much. And then I recognized that that for many things in the life of the believer, we have it because God has said it. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you sometimes have to possess it. Like mm. if you think about how when, when, G, when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, like right before they are getting ready to go into the land, he tells them to get up and go and possess this land that I've given you. That's and right. it always struck me weird. Like, why would I have to go and fight for what you've already given me? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, if it's mine, you drive them out. <laughs> But mm-hmm. there was something about them possessing the land mm-hmm. that God chose to involve them in. And I believe that God showed them more things about himself and they developed a skill set that was going to be necessary for them to continue to occupy the land. And I feel like for me, my journey to mental health has been that way that it's been in this journey along the way that I have seen God prove himself to me as Mm. more things come up and as I'm having to face many things. Mm. And so for me, it was important to have a therapist or to always be in a counseling relationship where God is the center, because I understand that that's really the only help I have. And I'm not trying to disparage anyone who's on medication. There've been seasons that I take the medication to help get my brain chemicals back in line. So I've, I've done, I've taken medicine at different seasons, more than one season in my life. You know, so it's been a whole combination of what my wellness plan is, my mental wellness plan. And and so having a Christian therapist, uh, the kind of work I'm doing now is is something that's kind of growing in popularity is what they call trauma, trauma-informed care. And they're looking at what, what is known as ACE, so adverse child experiences. And so things that happen to us in our childhood affect us when we're adults. Many times we don't recognize them as that, but they found out that that's what it is. And even if things didn't happen to you, but bad things happened to your parents and they raised you, then some of those echoes or those ripples Absolutely. <laughs> is what Absolutely. you were raised on. And so Absolutely. you'll be experiencing certain things because you were raised by a parent who wasn't healed or whole. Absolutely. And so, um, so it was important to me now to find a, a therapist or a counselor that specializes in trauma. Um, so I think that's important. I've never had a male therapist. I've mm-hmm. only had a, a female therapist because that's what made me feel safe. You know, so, oh, so I wow. just think things like that, if you know that this may not be good. And I've had therapists that I thought, yeah, we just, I just don't feel a connection. Right. You know, after you meet them the first time, then you go find someone else, which can be exhausting. I'll, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said when you said um, it's a journey, yeah. you know, and it's not an overnight thing. It's not an overnight process. Sometimes it may take multiple sessions yeah. because it depends on the number of layers that mm-hmm. needs to be uncovered. And mm-hmm. I feel that um, when you are open minded, when you're open to the spirit of God, when you're led mm-hmm. by God, he's going to show you through by way of discernment. OK, mm-hmm. this is a good person. OK, we need to go on and keep trying. And like you say, it could be it can be exhausting. But once you get that perfect person and when mm-hmm. I say perfect, I'm using air quotes, the person that God will have to navigate through certain situations where you can talk things through instead of right, getting right. angry or whether you can share a different emotion or whether you can just put voice to thought 
yes. something yes. as simple as just putting voice to thought would do oh my god it is so amazing and it is so liberating if we give mm-hmm. the opportunity but just like what you just said you felt safe so yes. it's yep. important that when you're seeking counseling and when you're seeking a therapist that you feel safe Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to be vulnerable and you're not going to be open. You're not going to be transparent. You're not going to share. And it may be a little bit worse. So you may yeah. want to make sure that you're getting the right therapist. And let's talk about that, too, because you said about your copay. A lot of times we don't even know that sometimes our jobs um, mm-hmm. offer counseling and, and therapists. Can you share share a little bit about that, too? Yes. Um, actually, there's a... A bill that just passed in the Georgia Senate, because I know there are people that'll, that'll be listening around the world, but here in the state of Georgia, a bill just got passed that um, requires every insurer to provide for mental health services. It just passed yesterday, or on the 30th is when it passed. So that is a blessing that if you have health insurance, there will be a benefit for mental mental health so that is, that's a blessing. Most um, major employers also have something called EAP. Yes. Employee Assistance Program. And they do all kinds of stuff. Like they have um, attorneys. They have many different benefits. But one of those benefits is um, anonymous counseling. So you can call your HR department. And there's a whole service that they'll give you a number. You just call them and tell them what you need counseling for. I know for for hours, like with with my husband's job, I think you get six free sessions a year that are totally free. And then if you want to continue, then you pay a smaller copay. So that's that's something um, most, I know here in Georgia, we have a county health department. And so Mm -hmm. most states have county health departments and they also have mental health uh, providers where you can get both medication and counseling at a sliding fee. Some places it's free. And then um, most states in this U.S. has um, what they call federally qualified health centers. Mm. So here in Atlanta, that's like Southside Medical Center, is West End Medical Center, MedCura. And they all have mental health services where you can go and be seen on a sliding fee scale to some business as low as $20. Oh, wow. That way you can go in. Um, so that, those are federally qualified health centers. Mm-hmm. Well, you just answered my, my my last question, which was about the different resources, because mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk about the um, the number of cases of people committing suicide. Mm-hmm. It just breaks my heart. It, it mm-hmm. really, really, really. And you have so many different things that are into play now with social media. And mm-hmm. um, I just want to encourage people to please, please mm-hmm. reach out to someone do not suffer in silence that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest tricks of the adversary is when you feel shame and when you feel like nobody is going to listen nobody is going to understand know who you can go to you know what i'm saying try to find somebody who you trust that is so important can you talk a little bit more again about some of the resources that people can reach out to if they're thinking about committing suicide or what are some websites that they can go to just to have somebody that they can talk to and I know you shared a little bit a few minutes ago but can you reiterate where they can go for help yes I I do want to echo what you just said that if 
there's anyone that's listening now and you feel as if it's too much, like it's just heavy and you're just tired of it, I first want to tell you unashamedly that I've been there more than one time. I, I would say that too. And I just implore you to reach out and get some help. There is a 1-800 number 24-7, you know, any day of the week you can call this and it's 800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. You can even text them if you don't want to call and there'll be a caring professional there to talk you through what you're feeling and help you at this moment. That's a crisis moment for you. So I definitely want to encourage you to do that. Awesome I think stuff. the um, the other resources that are out there is a website that I use whenever I want to change a therapist. It's Psychology Today. Mm-hmm. And you can go on that website and search for a therapist. They have psychiatrists, which are medical doctors who prescribe medication, as well as do a bit, bit of counseling. And then there are psychologists. And the other ones we call, just call therapists. So those may be... Um, licensed counselors, um, social workers, LCSWs, they may be licensed professional counselors, LPCs. They may be just social workers. They may be um, psychologists. And so you can search on there in different categories. You can also put things in like why you want to go, like grief counseling. You can search for grief counselors. You can search for trauma. You can search for PTSD. You can search for anxiety. And you can put your zip code in so you're able to see the people that are close to you. The other wonderful thing that came out of COVID is this explosion of telehealth. And mental health services is an area that just skyrocketed because people were dealing with so much stress and depression and anxiety because our lives were just turned upside down for the last two years. So, uh, you know, telehealth is available. You can, I meet with my therapist on my computer through a, it's not through Zoom, but it's something like Zoom. And that's how we meet from the company. How do you feel about that? Is it still personable or is it still the same? Because it's probably still the same. Okay. Absolutely. I don't think I ever have to go back to going to someone's office. <laughs> I don't have to drive. I don't have to put no clothes on. I don't have to do any of that. So. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, you have definitely given us a lot of information. I was so excited when you agreed to come on the show. Now, we mm-hmm. always give our mm-hmm. homework. Okay. So what homework assignment are you going to give to the listeners? I just want you to sit with what we talked about today Mm -hmm. and ask yourself the question, are you a person that this stuff is pushing in on your life? And if you are, I want to challenge and encourage you to go to that website that I mentioned, Psychology Today, and find a therapist. Many of them, if you just go one time, you get a feel for what they offer. And so at least try it. Mm -hmm. I also want to challenge you um, to ask God to speak to you about whatever it is you're carrying. And if it would be his will, that is something that you you need to now deal with. And remember Mm -hmm. that God's healing comes to us in different ways. All the time, it's not just a miraculous touch. Sometimes his healing is once you go to the doctor, get that exam and go get your prescription filled. And so being mentally well um, is that way as well. 
I also want to share a scripture, if I may, CC. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, um, one of the reasons why I love this scripture is because this is the first passage of scripture that let me know that I could be free. And it's found in Luke chapter four. And this is a passage of scripture that may be familiar to you all. It's where Jesus had been in the wilderness. He had been fasting for 40 days. He comes back, you know, the enemy tempts him. And it's the beginning of his ministry. And scripture says in Luke chapter four that Jesus goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read and picking up at verse 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And many scholars believe that this is Jesus stating his mission statement. Because it says in verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And then he goes on in verse 21. He says, he began by saying to them, today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. So Jesus was proclaiming that this is my mission. And Mm. so if you are saved, then this is a part of your salvation package. That if you are a captive, you can be released. That if you are blind, that sight can be restored to you. And if you are oppressed, you can be set free. And so that was the beginning of me understanding that God had offered me freedom. I now just had to walk with him and allow him to work in me and on me to bring me to that freedom. And I still deal with days that I'm depressed or that I feel anxious, but at the same time, I also know that I'm free. And so I just choose that I'm gonna get through this day because Jesus has made me free. He has made you free. This has been some awesome information. Guys, you have your homework. If you want to share your homework assignment, send it to the CC Eccles group at gmail.com. That's the CC Eccles group at gmail.com. Minister Bot, <laughs> you're going to be my new best friend. Oh my goodness. The information you. that you shared is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and to speak with us. Guys, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. You only have one life to live, so you might as well live in faith every single day. Thank you so much, Minister Bots, for being on the show. Until next time, ciao. Bella! If you've enjoyed this podcast, then send it to a friend. It's all about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are family. So share this podcast to anyone you feel it would be a blessing to. Okay? I love you to life.